but hasn't had too much playoff success, no championships, anything like that. That's got to be goal number one for them. And have they have they finished over five hundred, Zach? Uh, no, not in his tenure. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. I'm your host, Zachary Bader-Shamai. With me, as always, Dakota Vine. The season is a mere days away, and we are so excited to be previewing the 2021 OUA season. Let's kick it off, Dakota, with our first game of the week, York at Laurier. Let's get some takes from you on this one. Um... I mean, I really only have one take, and uh, it's probably bad news for you, good news for our listeners. Um, during the offseason, uh, I had some calls with York uh, about my hot takes, and at the end of the discussion, I had a lot of great conversations with the staff. At the end of the discussion, uh, the result was that I will be York University's new running back coach, so therefore... I feel that it's not fair if I make hot takes um, because they will definitely be skewed in a very biased way. Um, so on that note, I think it's only right that I step away from the podcast for this season. Uh, we'll see how the next season goes, but I think it's just the right decision to make it this time. Well, as they say, hate to see you leave, love to see you move on to something bigger and better. And for those who follow Mr. Vine's social media content, you may recall, because he retweeted it when it happened, that he called his shot on this one. I think you missed your prediction by maybe a few weeks. I don't know when the papers got officially signed, but Dakota calling a shot, he was going to have a job on an OUA staff before his 29th birthday. We can check the the, uh, birth records on that one, or if you want to clear that up for everyone right now. So, I mean, officially, I started uh, two days after my 29th birthday. Um, obviously, conversations were in place before then, but <laughs> you you know how, you know, administration stuff works, especially coming out of a non-season COVID season. So, we'll say that I didn't make it, but I did, you know, called the shot and went after it, and I'm just happy to be a York Lion uh, for the season and, and, and hopefully for more, and but yeah, with that, I think that I, I need to to zip the mouth shut a little bit on my hot takes and, and just focus on the game. Well, also lucky for the fans, you won't be left with just me on the pod after extensive scouting and recruiting nation and really globe wide. We found what we think won't be a, a one-to-one replacement, but an adequate attempt at replacing I mean, Mr. You, you Devine have, you on have, the you mic. Have, you, UFT fans are going to love this. Maybe Queens fans are going to love this. Replacing me on the mic, none other than Nate Hobbs. Nate Hobbs, former quarterback, Queens University. He's going to be joining me on the mic. And we're going to do our prediction. Our predictions are set up for the coming week, week one, to kick off the season in the second half of this podcast. But Dakota, what do you have to say to the folks before you sign off for? I won't say the last time, but the last time for a little bit. Uh, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure stirring the pot uh, to all the players out there that I talked a lot of smack to. Excited to see you in the handshake line if we're playing you this year. <laughs> Excited to see you in the handshake line if we're playing you next year. Uh, you know, you, you've you been quite vocal to me on Instagram. I've been vocal right back, so it's only right we keep it going. Um, but yeah, no, just excited to, to get back on the field in any capacity. Um, obviously, I'm going to miss being on the mic, but that doesn't mean that you know, 
I won't have some hot takes, at least in my head. We'll, 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 we'll keep them offline for now. And I think we found a good replacement, at least for the time being. We'll, we'll, we'll test them out with this episode and, and hopefully it works out. And we got to, I know there's a lot of fun things coming on, on our Instagram account, on our Twitter account, on the podcast. going to be a great season. Uh, I, I think the main message here is we're just happy to have football back, whether it's me on the mic, Nate on the mic, you on the mic, anyone on the mic, anyone on Instagram. The most important thing is having people on the field, right? Absolutely. And very well said, Dakota. And I can't thank you enough for everything you've done for the brand to continue to do. And, uh, you know, we're not where we are without you joining the team two years ago. So I really appreciate you, man. And uh, with that being said, let's go to me and Nate. And we are back. We have dried our tears. Dakota is safe and sound at the University of York doing his thing. And while it is a sad moment for us, I have the distinct pleasure of introducing his replacement on the show, Nate Hobbs. Nate, how you doing, man? I'm doing lovely. You know, I can't say enough how grateful I am to be here. Um, as I talked to you previous, previously, the last seven years of my life, OUA football's played a big part of it. You know, kind of had to step away and do some more real life things. But, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys letting me hang on to the dream for a little longer. Well, it's a pleasure having you on, and I, I would be surprised if anyone who follows our content isn't familiar with your name, because as you mentioned, you've been a big part of OUA oh, football. Oh, shucks. <laughs> but shucks. Why don't I just give you the floor real quick? Uh, give us the background um, of, uh, you know, of your football life a little bit. My football life? Yeah, man. Born and raised in Mississauga, Ontario. So big Warriors guy in the OVFL growing up. Um and then, you know, obviously sort of made my way to Queens, you know, was able to start four out of my five years there, which I'm very proud of. Uh, don't bring up the fact that I never won a playoff game. You know, we don't like to talk about that part. But, you know, I very much enjoyed my QB1 experience. Uh, Got to say I had a great time. Enjoyed being talked about a little bit from time to time on podcasts such as this. Um, and then obviously kind of moving on, I kind of... Uh, Played a season overseas in Germany, so kind of a la Chris Merchant, um, except speaking German instead of Spanish. <laughs> Looking back, maybe Spanish would have been a little bit more fun, you know, nicer weather. Uh, depends how you feel about the women, but <laughs> that's the route I went. Um, and then was grateful enough to kind of spend some time at the University of Toronto in 2019 during the season, which I loved immensely. Still got love for all my guys there. Um, and that kind of led me to where I am right now, which is out of football and kind of back in school. So excited to just be kind of a spectator and talk about it for once. It's nice to kind of just be able to relax and not have any kind of stakes in the whole thing. Well, we're obviously super stoked to have you on. I'm trying to think you mentioning you're a Warriors guy on top of a former Queens Gale. I, I'm trying to think which probably pisses Dakota off more that his replacement was a Warrior or a Gale. Probably the Queens piece of it, but, you know, as a guy with Eagles and Wildcats ties, once again, talking about the former league of the OVFL, uh, I'm impressed he co-signed this, but we're very happy to have you. Uh, so we're going to jump into our preview. Before we do that, if you remember the 2019 season, Dakota and I, we did our Who's Back of the Week. Me and Nate will carry on that tradition, but for this preview episode, the Who's Back, there's only one Who's Back. It's us. It's OUA football. We've been waiting for this for, I don't years quite literally almost years so who's back it's football it's OUA action can't wait to get after it so let's start it off with our game of the week it is Mac at Western this game 
I mean, the storyline here, it's all about revenge. I mean, the last game we saw in OUA action was the Marauders taking out the Mustangs in London for the 2019 Yates Cup. As, as Dakota joked on a former podcast, the Mustangs were so pissed, they just tore up that whole field and said, no, 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 we're not doing this again. And, you know, I think for Mac, a lot to prove in uh, in the sense of, well, of course, Merchant was hurt that game and whether or not that was the whole story or not. But you know what? As our as our new, my new colleague on the show, Nate, I'm going to hand the floor to you. We got Mac, we got Western, game of the week. What are your first couple of thoughts uh, coming to mind on this matchup? I mean, you mentioned the merchant piece and whether that's sort of the whole story or not. I think the reality is it's, it's an extremely large part of the story. Um, you know, you had Kevin John step in that game. Kevin John's my guy. Love him. But the reality is, is, you know, for him to step into that game, I can only imagine the reps that he took in practice. You know, probably not a lot to step in that situation is tough. And, you know, it ended up being tough for Western. But, you know, there's still no Chris Merchant. But I think, you know, the rumor mill and stuff like that, we're hearing it's a lot of Jackson White. And while he's no Chris Merchant, he's no Will Finch. I think we can say that he's not kind of up to the level of prospect that Western have had in the past. But let's be honest, he's sort of a prototypical Western quarterback. He's got the big body. He's got the big arm. He's going to be able to do what they want to do. They're going to be prepared. And you know what? It, it was, you know, that game was still close for most of it during the Yates final. And that was without Merchant. So I think with some real quality quarterback play and going in with a full game plan with that quarterback, I think Western has the edge for me. What do you think, Zach? You know, I, I think my pick in this one, going back to when me and Dakota are way too early picks, uh, I, I have Mac, I or I took Mac, and I think I'm sticking with that pick for a lot of the reason I loved them back in 2019, which is that with uh, Andreas Duick at quarterback, who, you know, there's a few other QBs in this league that, I you know, we can talk about getting slept on, but for the actual numbers he puts up, it's uh, it's amazing that he doesn't get talked about uh, more than he does. And as the guys who talk about OEA football, I guess that falls onto our shoulders. But not just him as what he does at quarterback, but the way he spreads it around. Like it's not, you know, we've seen, you know, a team like UFT where it's it's Secure, it's Corby, it's Lovegrove, it's that three, right? You know, we've seen it, uh, you know, when you were back at Queens, it was like your, go, you know, the, your guy was, of course, O.C. Kusi. I mean, who wouldn't want to be feeding the ball to a guy like that? But with Mac, at least going back to 2019, they spread it out. You can't really lock in on one guy. You know, there's a few. I think they lost a few of the receivers to the draft or to graduation. So, I mean, much like this whole year, this week one is a bit of a crapshoot in terms of, you know, just finding out who's filling out these roster spots and, uh, you know, where what these teams are going to look like. But having said all that, you know, at least for the the parody, I'm going to stick with Mac in this one. Um they lost some guys on defense, but once again, going back to that 2019 campaign, that was a really hard-hitting defense that forced picks, turned the ball over a lot. And, you know, you mentioned Jackson White, and you obviously know a little something about the quarterback position. When we talk about revenge in this game, it's more than just Western versus Mac. Jackson transferred from Mac to Western. He was battling with Duick going back to, I guess, the 2017 or 2018 season. and Duick, At least 17 from what I remember, Yeah. I think. And it seemed, you know, just from an outsider's perspective, it seems like Duick won the role. And, you know, he hasn't looked back since, won himself a nice little Yates Cup in the process. And so for Jackson, I think this is a huge game, not only, as you said, following in the footsteps of 
owe you a royalty at the quarterback position. You mentioned, you know, you talked about Finch, Merchant, you know, going back to, we can, we can keep bringing that back. So obviously big shoes to fill and, uh, you know, going up against his old squad. So, you know, I think they have all the motivation in the world to uh, not only take this game, but perhaps put a little whooping on him. But uh, for the sake of interest, I'll, I'll go with Mac in this one. Yeah. And I think the, the interesting thing kind of about that battle was, is I remember, you know, being back in the league at that time when those guys were starting out. And I remember I, I like Jackson White a lot, you know, from whatever film that I saw, you know, scouting other teams and whatnot. And, you know, obviously, I don't know what exactly happened there. Um, but I think, you know, I think the kids still got a ton of potential. And, you know, I don't know what the relationships were like in the locker room. You know, I'm sure they were super civil and all. But, you know, in the back of his mind, I know he wants this one a little extra. So I can't wait to watch. No, it'll be uh, I mean this i mean it's mac western it's it's it, it rarely if ever disappoints so we'll we'll call that a wrap for that one we'll move a little bit out east our next stop university of laurier golden hawks taking on the york lions our former our former teammate here dakota von making his coaching debut for the york lions um you know a few things of interest in this one uh obviously kind of like we said with mac western i'll try not to repeat this for every game obviously just a lot of question marks in the air um, but one of the interesting pieces in this game, and this will also kind of connect with when we get to talking about UFT, is that a, a big signing for the York Lions, aside from our friend Dakota Vine, was bringing in Tommy Dennison, who I know you're familiar with. But a part of this that's even more interesting is that prior to signing with York, he almost went to coach with Laurier, who then not signing him, or I don't know exactly how it all went down, but they ended up bringing in my former OC from Guelph and Todd Galloway. So, I mean, that's a little bit of, you know, uh, the the sort of inside baseball stuff that uh, maybe only to the OUA nerds like us is is overly interesting, but definitely something uh, interesting to keep an eye open for. All that stuff aside, turning to on the field matchup, is there, what stands out for you in this game when you look at these two teams facing off? You know, it's funny. I'm glad you all you said that all stuff, because I mean, objectively, if you don't know all that, you're looking at this game. And frankly, let's be honest, you're saying who cares? But you dig a little deeper. I mean, there's a lot there to sort of chew on, let's say, uh, you know, I'm really fascinated to see kind of what this York offense comes out doing, you know, being familiar with Tommy and sort of what happened at U of T last year. I know he's going to spend a lot of time on this first game. He's been looking at it all off season, and Let's be honest, this Laurier coaching staff, they got a bit of a bone to pick with him as well. U of T got the win against them last year. And let's be frank, if Laurier had another win in their column, they're probably in the playoffs. They're not. That's what's great about the OUA is sort of every game's high stakes. But, you know, I think it's going to be fascinating because as much as you want to say, oh, it's Tommy, they're going to come in empty and they're going to try and sling the ball around. You know, I think he's always going to come in and try and have something a bit unique. He's going to surprise you. Um, and it's going to be really fascinating to sort of see how this game plays out. And I think, especially considering last year, let's be frank, it was an ugly game. It was an 18-10 game. There wasn't a lot of offense. I think this time around, it'll, it'll definitely be different. And I'm really looking forward to see what we get out of this York Lions offense and, and Noel Craney as well. And, you know, without putting too much pressure on it for Laurier, and I think, as you kind of mentioned, there's a lot of, like, to me, this is a bit of a, and we'll see. Maybe my opinion on this will change as we see how this year progresses. This is a bit of a gimme year for York. They have a lot of young talent, some new coaches coming in. I don't think the results, kind of like with Windsor, the results I don't think overly matter for either of those teams as long as they're showing that they're taking steps in the right direction that the program is building. But for Laurier, I mean, 
you know, I, I don't think I, I think I've said this on air before, so I'm not saying anything new. I think it's fair to say that the West side of the OUA conference is the superior side of this conference. And not, not fair, not fair, Zach, not fair at all. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'll, I think I've vocalized this before as well. So I don't think I'm saying anything new here that Laurier, at least going back the two last seasons we had, have I think underperformed? I mean, not making the playoffs in both 2019. I, I don't think they make it made it in 2018 either. So if York does come out and surprises Laurier in this matchup, that will be absolutely devastating for the Golden Hawks. This is their one, I think, one game against a team from the East Side. Maybe I'm messing that one up, but it doesn't really matter. But their schedule sure isn't getting any easier knowing who's on their side of the bracket. So no, I don't. You're right, put- and I can tell you after yeah. this game. <laughs> they're running the gauntlet is it's waterloo western and max so uh there's also maybe a bit of overlook potential you know going into this as well <laughs> but a, a lot of pressure that's for sure no and a good point i mean but i think that's where the term like trap game comes in where you just have could have this young york team ton of athletes on that side of the ball that uh you know with a guy like tommy who's just a wild card there i mean not a wild card i guess we kind of know what his shtick is um that man if they come out and punch him in the mouth this will be this will be devastating Having said that, I am taking Laurier in this matchup uh, to win it. Uh, what about you? Are you going to shock the world here? or were you, What are you thinking? No, I think Laurier is too familiar with the stakes. And I think I can say, you know, if I was a coach in sort of the Laurier coach's shoes, you know, I'm not I'm not letting this one go by. Um, I know that how, how high the stakes are. I know sort of the embarrassment I felt on my field last time around from U of T and sort of the lasting impact of that, you know, I think absolutely it'll be probably a close game, at least closer than maybe people will think, but, you know, I just think Laurie will come to this one ready and, and sort of, they have the horses, but you know, it's uh it'll be fascinating. It'll be fascinating. Absolutely. That's for sure. And, you know, for as much as home field advantage plays into any game, I mean, we'll, and we'll see with COVID protocols, what that all looks like. But there's also that ad component of two where it's like you're at home, Laurier, get the win, get the win. Let's let's, let's this shouldn't be complicated. Um, moving over to the other team from Toronto, we have the UFT Blues taking on the Ottawa GGs in Toronto. Uh, I definitely want to get your take on Ottawa because I know you're a little closer to uh, the new head coach and coach Marcel there. But, you know, not to make this podcast all about Tommy Dennison, but for me, we're looking at this matchup really, you know, the big thing here is, and from talking with a number of players uh, in the last, you know, I guess two off seasons, there are a lot of people that looked at some of those numbers that uh, the Bird Gang, as they're affectionately known, the skill position group at UFT put up uh, with Sakara quarterback, and then in particular, Corby and Lovegrove being the two of the top, uh, two of the top receivers in the nation in 2019. That really that was a product of the system, and you know. N- my first response to that is kind of like, well, duh, like they did just spread it out and throw it deep. But you do have to have the right personnel to match the system. And I don't, I think anyone who thinks they lack the talent is nuts. But nonetheless, I think there's still a lot of pressure on that unit to to be able to show that like, hey, this <laughs> this wasn't just the guy pulling the strings. This was this wasn't just X's and O's. This was the Jimmy's and Joe's out there. In this case, the bird gang. Um so I think a lot for them to show out here. And, um, you know, with UFT, I don't expect much from them this year. But I do think there's a lot of pride for that group after having such a stellar 2019 uh, season. What are your thoughts looking at this matchup? 
No, I agree with you. But I think you have to look at looking at this from U of T's perspective is anytime you have your quarterback going into the fifth year and he's a star like Clay Sascara, it's a high stakes year, no matter how, even if you're not expecting a lot, you want to be relevant. You want to be noteworthy in terms of recruiting and things like that. And, you know, let's be honest, their success is going to complete, is going to fall in that group. It's going to be with the quarterbacks and the receivers. You know, I like the running back there, Adam Williams as well, super talented guy. Um, but they're going to have to carry them. And, you know, it's always going to be fascinating. You know, both these teams in this scenario, two brand new offices in the league, we don't really know what we're going to see. I mean, <laughs> you have these probably watching some of my film from 2018 at <laughs> Queens, I'd imagine, to get ready for this game. Um, but from the UFT side, I mean, you're losing a couple studs on defense, you know, Malcolm Campbell being one of them. Um, Ottawa, you know, they're going to be solid on defense, you know, and I think talking about coach Marcel is the one thing that I know, obviously from my time with him is, you know, kind of the success of, of the offense relies on you being able to make the easy things easy. Um, and from that perspective, I know, you know, Dakota certainly had his questions about Ben Miracle, let's say, but I don't, having a guy like Mars there, he's got that professional pedigree. He's been a head coach in the CFL. He's been an OC in the CFL. Like let's not forget that. He's not going to ask him to do anything outside himself. They just signed an amazing running back, Simon Conda from Guelph. Um, you know, I expect that offense to be probably better than what other people expect, but no doubt it's still a question like many other things going into this year. Um, and again, it'd, it'd be interesting for U of T from that angle as well, because sort of that was a thing with Tommy in, in the offense last year is you have all these big plays and stuff going on. But I think, you know, when that stuff's not working, and you're not able to move the ball, that's when it really starts to grind on the defense and they have to stay on the field. So, you know, from U of T's perspective, I definitely want to, would want to do more easy things this year. I'd want to be a bit more consistent on offense to help my defense out. Um, and at the same time, kind of maybe, maybe let's see some less, less sort of bombs down the field, but at the same time, like, let's be honest, they're definitely going to throw their fair share of those. So um, I guess as far as a pick goes, you know, I think it'll probably be closer than people think, but, you know, I just think in terms of sort of the experience and what, what I know is, is on the field, I, I would have to go with Ottawa in this one. I, I, yeah. I'm, I think I'm, taking, and it breaks my yeah. heart. It breaks my heart. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm taking auto in this one too. And, and you mentioned Ben Maracle's name and I'm curious because, you know, going back to 2019, if I'm remembering correct, he definitely took most of the reps, but they also had Matt Mahler, another, I think quarterback in his rookie year in the 2019 campaign, get some reps in there. Do, do you have any vibe and, on? And yeah. don't, don't forget the lad from London they brought in. Don't forget about him. <laughs> the international quarterback, they side. Am I, am I the only one? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he'll be seeing any reps. I actually watched his tape uh, just, just kind of for fun. And, you know, there's a bit of talent there, but yeah, it'll be, it's, you're right. I see what you're saying. It's not a sure thing for miracle, right? That's where you're going with this. Yeah, and I guess just to say that, like, you know, and as you mentioned, you know, with recruiting in that quarterback position, just what that competition at the QB room is looking like, Coach Marcel, like what kind of – I this is a team that I think, for me, a lot of question marks, just not having too many sources near the, the, the squad. Um, but as you mentioned, that defense is always solid and has won them games. So, you know – for this matchup, I'm going with them as well. And, you know, as far as the long run in that east side of the OUA, well, I mean, as we said, it's not not the stiffest competition, but we can get to that a little bit later because moving on to our next game, we have another matchup, 
two teams out of the OUA East side. We have your alma mater, the Queens Golden Gales, taking on the Carlton Ravens in Ottawa. I believe this was a, a rematch from week one going back to the 2019 season, which stood out to me because despite Carlton, I definitely, you know, picking up the win and I being, you know, I won't say heavily, but being favored in that game, that was the moment and the only moment, because of course it was, his, or the first moment, of course, because it was his first game where we saw James Keenan at quarterback for uh, Queens really strut his stuff, really mobile kid. Um, can sling the ball a little bit. And there's a lot of things to like about this Queens team, the way that with Coach Snyder they've been building over the last couple of years. Um, one of my big question marks with them will be, of course, at that quarterback position, we saw them use the guy, a guy in Ryan Lacandro, another young QB as well, um, which so we'll see where they go with that. But I mean, they definitely have some solid skill position guys around them. I mean, Rashid Tucker is you know, probably one of the favorites to be the top rusher in the OUA this year if he stays healthy, which was a bit of a problem for him going back to 2019. Uh, Sakia Cuemo at the receiver position. Uh, ben Aron, I think, is still there. But, you know. I don't think Ben Aron is still there. No. <laughs> but he's there in a coaching capacity. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. yeah so yeah. he's still there. He's, he's moving on to the other side. But Ma- Making his impact one way or the other. But either way, sk- uh Talent at the skill position, I have faith in my buddy Matt Nesbitt coaching up that offensive line. So really, the pressure is on how you know who's the guys at quarterback. And before I give you free end, I guess I want to end it on this question for you. Because one thing I talked about in 2019 with this team was, for me at least, not knowing you know anything about the quarterback position, my feelings is that ultimately you're better committing to one guy and letting him develop by getting those reps in games and having the team trust that he's your guy versus you know, waffling a bit back and forth where, oh, this guy had a good outing, this guy going back and forth. So what's your take on this game? And then also in particular, specifically as a former quarterback for this team, what are your thoughts on the competition that have been there at the quarterback position? Well, Zach, let's just, let's just be completely honest with ourselves here. Um, when you, if you have a quarterback of the caliber that they had in 2018 and Nate Hobbs, you know, <laughs> Is it going to be a massive challenge trying to replace him? <laughs> They're still trying to do it. You know, I don't know where the program goes from here. I'm, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, like you said, it's kind of, I know, and sort of talking to somebody, talking around the league there, um, that is a big question. I think it's easy from the outside to kind of say you should, because, you know, as a player, I would agree with you that you should do that. But, I mean, and kind of looking from a coach's perspective, I mean, you have two guys there. They're really talented. Somehow they added a third and Alex Vreekin, who, you know, might have been the best prospect at quarterback coming out um, this past COVID year. But, you know, I definitely would like to see them stick with one. And, you know, I've been trying to do my research, you know, trying to, you know, dissect training camp pictures to see who's running with the ones, that kind of thing. But um, I can say it's really close. And I think if it were me, it would depend on where the team is in their development. I think kind of Lacandro would be a great fit. You know, if you sort of knew the team would be together, you kind of knew what you had, you knew you could be protected at all times Then you know, maybe you think the arm talent's better and maybe you think he's the better option. But I mean, let's be honest, Keenan, Keenan adds that extra dimension with his legs and kind of where the team is at this point in time. He's been there the extra year. He's kind of maybe got that extra respect to the guys. I don't know that that's pure speculation, um, but you know, I would, if I had to guess, I would guess Keenan. I would say that. And I would hope, you know, to see maybe whoever it is, let's give him a chance. Let's give him a full game at least. You know what I mean? 
the game and splitting and stuff like that. I know from the coaching perspective is difficult, but I want to, I want to see what this offense has got. Cause they got the guys, like you said, and let's not forget my boy, Richard Burton on the outside who had a huge game against Carlton, you know, the last time they played. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see what the Queens offense has, but sort of what what are you seeing from Carlton? Well, and you know, and we both kind of touched on on Keenan's ability to not only uh, hurt you with his arm, but with his feet as well. And uh, you know, Tanner DeYoung uh, uh, is just as good, if not better, at, at, at both those things, and his development has shown it. And anyone I've talked to from that program just speaks praises of not only how much better he's gotten, but just the respect he holds in the locker room. Add that to the fact that, you know, Josh Ferguson at the running back, I mean, 2019 just beasted on guys. Uh, I don't think Nathan Carter is going to be back. I mean, if he is maybe in a similar situation with Ben RN where he's coaching him up. Um, But they, you know, they bring back Jesse Lawson who got drafted. And then I believe he's back now for them at left tackle. So that's going to be huge for them in the run and the pass game. Um, So, I mean, I'm really excited to see what they can do offensively. You know, another team, uh, much like, um, you know, how we said with Mac and some of these other teams that we will get to later, that uh, Carlton's definitely, and, and Ottawa as well, that's been, you know, hung their hat on the defensive side of things. You know, lose Jack Kassar, lose Trevor Hoyt. I believe Josh Walsh is gone as well. So that's their whole starting linebacking core uh, from 2019. And, and this isn't just losing your starters. These are three amazing guys. I mean, Kasser was the top defensive guy in the OUA. Him and Hoyt are, you know, getting reps on special teams for the Argos right now. So that'll honestly be, a, it could be a bit of a change of uh, of pace from for Carlton, where we see perhaps that it's the offense that, that keeps them in games and is winning the games. And I won't say I think their defense will be weak. I mean, in the defensive secondary, you know, a surprise player for me uh, in 2019, Danny McWhorter, Danny McPicks, as I like to call him, was holding it down in the secondary for them, turning the ball over. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I like them as the top team in the East. And, and I think this game's going to be huge. These teams are playing each other twice this year. And uh, as we kind of highlighted, talking about York and, and, and Toronto and Ottawa a little bit, I'd say a lot more question marks about those three teams than with these two. So, you know, these teams are playing each other twice, and I think they're both going to be massive games. Um, Maybe they split the series, but I think, um, yeah, much like we said for Laurier taking on York week one, this could be huge. Um, But I'll still still take Carlson coming out of this one. They're the team with, I'd say, a few more vets. They've proven it a little bit more going back a few seasons, uh, and, and I like them at home taking this one. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. One thing just to mention about the offense is, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, because 2019 was a couple, it was a couple years ago now. Moons back, yeah, yeah. If I recall correctly, they moved on from from their former OC JP Aslin, and you know, sort of. I don't. I scoured the news looking for a new hire. I couldn't find one. So from this is speculation. I can only use the information I have, but I would imagine it would be Sumira calling the plays. Obviously he has kind of uh, past experience as a coordinator. Um, I remember, you know, in, uh, in our previous conversation, you mentioning that you think the offense and sort of what we've heard is it might be more De Jong focused. I think that'll be really fascinating because, you know, Carlton in the past, they've been kind of a run and shoot offense, but they haven't really been in a scenario to really allow the quarterback to shine. And I mean, they've had a couple of pretty good guys, 
you know, a Ruta quality yeah. player. You know, I've, I even played against him growing up, quality guy. Jesse Mills obviously was a top prospect. But these are guys that never really ascended to the heights of like a Chris Merchant or, you know, uh, Asher Hastings, guys like that. They never went that far. So I'm kind of curious to see, you know, what kind of happens with the offense. And, and you know, I hope you're right. I, I hope it's a bit more exciting in the passing game. Obviously, I'm biased as a quarterback. That's what I want to see. Um, and I think in talking about the offense, you got to talk about the Queens defense as well. Let's not forget they're losing Cam Lawson, absolute stud. You know what I mean? And they're losing a couple linebackers as well. Schaefer. And Schaefer. And, yeah. and I believe Manatine's gone as well. They're going to be younger in the secondary as well. And I think, you know, this is where we're going to kind of see. We've seen Queens on Instagram flashing their top recruits. They've alienated the the alumni. They're sick of No, I'm just kidding. We, we love it. We love <laughs> We love all the promo and the flashiness. We love it. Um but no, I think I think that's a real question mark and I'm interested to see kind of what happens with the defense and you know, if what we're kind of saying about the Carlton offense is true, it you know, maybe it'll be a feast for all we know, but it was a close game last time and I think I am so so tempted to pick Queens in this game, Zach. I think that offense combined with sort of losing the key pieces like Kasser and Hoyt on Carlton's defense. You can't, you cannot overstate the impact that those guys had. And I just think the talent that Queens has, like you said, in Cuomo, Burton, Tucker, you know, if it's Keenan with his legs, then I think that's enough. But, you know, I'm just not too sure about that defense. And for that reason, um, you know, I'm picking Carlton in a close one. Yeah. Again, breaking breaking my heart here guys okay i really testing my journalistic integrity on day one all right <laughs> well and you know what I, i'd be remiss as the former lineman to not say that the the trench battle could end up being where it's at because on carlton you know they've had some studs on that d-line over the years but they still got a guy like sander maude um tevin bowen uh, shaheem charles brown i believe is back as well and queens with an offensive line unit that's been you know growing together for a few years now and i think that could play a massive role in this as it does in most games but um just a, a little throw out to the uh, to the big fellas there uh, which will take us now to our last game of the week it is the nightcap it is the Windsor Lancers traveling to take on the Waterloo Warriors you know this this game should be all Warriors uh, this is a team that you know is should be having their eye on not just a provincial title but making making a run at a national championship you know you made the case with it being Clay's last year and the importance of, of, you know, the one last hurrah with him. Number five uh, in Waterloo has done some impressive things to say the, that's, that's an incredible under underselling of it. He's done some amazing things during his tenure. Uh, Trey Ford, that is, but hasn't had too much playoff success, no championships, anything like that. That's gotta be goal number one for them. And have they, have they finished over 500 Zach? uh, No, not in his tenure. Um, I believe it was three straight four in four years, actually. But, you know, and on top of that for Trey as well and knowing him a little bit, um, you know, I'm certain that, uh, you know, more than just say winning an OU MVP, but keeping his eyes on winning a Heck Crichton is probably on his list as far as the personal bucket list. And, you know, it's a six game season. It's a sprint to the finish. And every game you have to be putting up points. You have to be putting up stats. So, I mean, like we said, this should be all Waterloo. But I think there's that extra little bit of interest in this where this team needs to show that they are not only going to compete, can compete in the province, but, you know, I think for a lot of reasons, 
they need to show that like they're a threat to come out of Ontario. And and I'm not even saying that they, they will necessarily, but I, I do think that from the jump, this is a team that, that should be all business. They have been a team chasing in the past, you know, when Merchant's time at Western um, and some of the other teams that have been uh, perhaps ahead of them in the pack. Um, but they are, they are now the team being hunted. They've gone from the hunters to the hunted. And I think that attitude change, um, I mean, we'll see how that plays out for them. What, uh, what are your thoughts with this matchup? You know, I think it's interesting that you say you start off by mentioning a lot of shoulds. They should, they should, they should. <laughs> and let, let's look back in 2019. And what was the score of this game? 45-42 Waterloo. Huh. Kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit. It was early in the year and kind of we saw the two teams split in their respective directions as the season went on. But you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, maybe now's a good time. Let's let's look back. You know, we all want big expectations for Wailu, but let's go back to when Trey Ford got there and the program was in a dark, dark, dark place. And it's so promising now, you know, the recruiting they're able to do. Kudos to Trey Ford. You know, I know Bertoya brought those brothers in with the purpose of turn this program around they've absolutely done that it's been a great thing to see for OUA football but uh it's time it's time to make that next step and there's no there's no fooling around in week one against Windsor if you're a serious team so you know this has got to be a two-score game you can't let Windsor continue to to kind of stay with you here and you know we talk about the offense we talk about the offense but What's going to happen for Waterloo is this defense is going to have to come through and they haven't in the past. They've been pretty poor, you know, and that's what's held them back. And in, in terms of Trey Ford, they win one of those Western games. Maybe he's the head crane for all we know. Right. So I think this is as much as you want to say this is a forgettable game, you know, week one. Maybe it's the one we care about the least, but I'll be watching closely because l- let's see if this Waterloo team's kind of got the steal to take care of business here because, you know, you have to send a message here. There's no, there's no fooling around at, the, at this point for you guys. The pressure's on. Let's see what you got. And, you know, you mentioned some of those tight matchups in the past, and really, I can't call it. It's, it's, it's not just the last matchup. I think the year before that, Windsor played them tough. They lost as well. And a lot of that credit has to go to the pivot out there in Windsor, who, you know, you talk about a guy like Andreas Duick perhaps not getting spoken about that much, which is fair when your contemporaries are guys like Chris Merchant and, and Trey Ford. But Sam Girard out for Windsor, and I know, uh, I imagine you probably played up against him, I and mean, not that you'd be recruiting him, but a guy who, uh, you know, when me and Dakota went out to Windsor to do our off-season walkthrough tour, I mean, he doesn't even get talked about, he doesn't even talk about himself. He didn't want to go on the pot. He just doesn't want the shine. But he puts, you know, he puts consistently solid numbers up for a team that, can have trouble recruiting, obviously being, you know, the not the closest team to Western in proximity, but having Western as the closest team to them, that's a tough beat when a lot of your local products and, you know, going back to OVFL, Essex, Essex Ravens back in the day were, a, you know, one of the top teams out on that side of the conference. And I say a lot to say that, you know, there's talent in the region, but a lot of it leaves. So, you know, anyways, got to give Sam Girard his shine. Uh, and as we kind of mentioned with York, uh, or as I was saying, this year for Windsor is all going to be about, is going to be about all those little things, you know, about, you know, are, are the young guys clicking? Are they getting the system that Sir Sally has been building there? Are guys bought into the culture and, you know, just those small steps that you can kind of see similarly with Queens going back a year or two where it was like, you know, not winning a ton of games, but you can kind of you feel good about where they're going, you know. Uh, and I talked with Coach Cercelli recently, and he kind of had that same, he was very honest about, it could be an 0-6 year for them. But as long as they're making the right steps forward, I mean, 
anyone from Windsor would be kidding themselves if they thought this was going to be a playoff year for them. I mean, I'm happy to be uh, surprised by that, but it would honestly perhaps be one of the biggest surprises that I could see happening in any walk of life uh, in the next few weeks. So, I mean, yeah, it should be all water. I mean, and of course, mentioning Sir Sully's name, him and Bertoia, the two former uh, position coaches, two former position coaches from Western, maybe that has something to do with why uh, Windsor has been able to stay in tight with them. But, you know, as we said, I mean, you said it should be at least two scores. I, I second that, um, you know, obviously Waterloo, no more Ternowski, no more Dion Pellerin, but a lot of vets on that O-line. And, you know, we talk about the defense, but, um, you know, I'm probably, I might be mixing up my Hintzbergers because they got about a, a dozen of them, but you know, I think it's Jack Hinsberger who was went from rookie of the year to tearing his uh, Achilles prior to 2019 to now back in action at middle linebacker for them. So in a way, perhaps the team as a whole is more well-rounded. You know, you mentioned uh, uh, sort of in, in passing Trey having, you know, his brother Tyrell on the team as well in the defensive secondary. We know what a baller he is, but they got Deshaun Jupiter Dean there as well. So, I mean, there there is talent on that defensive side. I do agree that, like, that has to be where they've been let down over the years because you'd be crazy to say that it's the offense that's held them back. But, uh, no, this is, like, yeah, this, this is the last hurrah for Trey, and anything but the utmost success for them is just, um, I think, has to be a failure, and especially if it's a, I guess they can't, we can say this much, they won't go 4-4 four and four this year. We can say that much, I guess, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Some might say someone some might say it's impossible. Some might say it's impossible, but we'll see. And so that wraps up our games this coming week. I mean, to say we are anything but extremely excited is just a disservice. We've obviously been just waiting for this. And of course, the players and coaches as much as anyone. So having OUA football back is just is so great. Uh Nate, first First time on the pod, how'd you feel? How how did it go? What what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? Well, you know, I tried to come in prepared, Zach. You know, first and foremost, that's one thing I always do as a quarterback. I mean, sorry, as a podcaster. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it, you know. I hope that had a little spice for everybody, you know. Um, but uh to say it was anything less than a fun time, I'd be lying to you. So I just hope, I just hope, you know, my guys at Queens and Toronto, you know, don't, don't hold this against me. I love you. I miss you. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll see you guys, uh, see you guys real soon, hopefully. But um, yeah, I guess my, my final statement would be let's go. There's, there's six games. All of these games are high stake. You can't put a foot wrong. There's no room for error. It's almost like it's playoff football right from the get go. Um, <laughs> I tell you, I can't wait. So let's go. Let's get after it. I can't wait to watch. Amen. And, you know, if you're worried about pissing people off, I can tell you that surely you won't piss as many people off as my former co-host did. Um, he has a knack for doing that on the on some of the episodes. So you can at least rest assured that you, uh, you, you'll you be a, a, a slight change from uh, previous content. But as Nate said, that'll wrap it up for us. You know, make sure you're following us on all our socials, the 55 podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh Facebook as well, if you're uh, an old man like me in disguise. Uh, I'm not going to go over all the things that we're going to be posting during the week just today because some of it is new content. And I don't want to step on it for when uh, we do get that up this coming week. 
but definitely be following us there. Uh, you know, don't forget about the website as well at the 55.ca. You can read our blogs, you can buy merchandise, which, you know, not only supports the brand, but also supports Stella's place, a nonprofit that helps, uh, you know, young, uh, young adults, uh, teenagers with mental health. And, uh, as I think I mentioned, I'll be at the Mac Western game this Saturday. So if you're there, come say what's up. Um, and if you're not there, make sure to be following us on Twitter, definitely, because we will be updating you with scores, plays, all that kind of jazz. And, um, and yeah, so excited to get this rolling. So we'll see you next time at the 55.